get on the other side, Spider! Bail the boat! Get the bucket! We're sinking! Grab the SK! Oh no! What? We know we love travelling around the world. No one else does it like us, and no. I don't want to brag because no one does. No, we've chatted to people in different parts of the whole world, and we're going to continue to do it because we love learning what other people do. Exactly right, Spider, and there's nothing like getting someone else's insight to how they fish, why they fish, and what they're fishing for, because that's why we do it. We're going around <laughs> the world. Absolutely, and joining us right now, well, he's uh, CB Fly Fishing in Canada, exactly where where he is and what he does. Justin joins us right now. Now, Justin Lovell, hello. Hello. Thank you very much for joining us on The Anglers. Where about to you position before we start really deep diving into what you do and what you fish for and where about you fish? So I am from Cape Breton, Nova Scotia. I think we've been voted top three or maybe even number one. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on, on the most beautiful um, destination to, to visit, right? So... The cabin trail is amazing. Like, it's breathtaking. I, I'm a local. I'm about an hour drive away from it. And, like, even when I go down there, it still gets me every time, right? Mm, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. There's that aspect. Of, and then there's the fishing. So we're fishing for rainbows. 20 minutes later, we're gone into the river fishing for salmon. You know? 20 minutes after that, we're down at the harbor fishing for stripers. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Everything's so close together. I've never been over there, and our tipping Herb hasn't been out of Australia, so he's never been there either. No, never been over there. And <laughs> uh, and one thing I want to say is Nova Scotia, you're a fly fisherman over there, Justin. Nova Scotia, to me, is renowned for their massive big tuna, them 1,000-pound tuna they go out and catch. It's a, a very good fishery over there, but we're talking fly fishing today with Justin Lovell. No, I, I never fished for the tuna. I've only heard stories about it. I'm more of a, a more of a true angler than anything. We do have some big Atlantic salmon here. Uh, I live in the well, basically the home of the Margarine. I got an hour drive from that river, and there's some massive salmon there. But for the most part, I'm just a, a, a saltwater guy for like brook trout, rainbow, brown trout. I will fish for the odd salmon, but I'm not diehard, right? You you got some pretty big lakes around where you are as well. Oh yeah, I'm um, I'm where it's what they call the Bador Lake. So it's a big, it's a big estuary where a bunch of rivers and lakes dump into this, and it feeds out into the ocean. So it's it's pretty good for natural bait for like the the rainbows and the brook trout and the striped bass and all them other fish that come in. It's definitely it's uh, it's a unique fishery that we have here. It outflows to the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah, it's a, it's a massive setup. I'm having a look at the maps over there. You've got Lake Ainsley, the Brastior Lake, uh, Sherbrooke Lake, places like yep. this. These are massive bodies of water, like you say, that drain into the ocean. They must be harvesting hundreds of thousands of big trout in there. Like for you to be a, you, so you're a fly fisherman. You you do charters for fly fishing, Justin. You do a podcast as well. Oh. This is like a, every fly fisherman's dream up there. <laughs> it, it is, but you know. And I'll be honest with you, so we have a, it's a fish farm for the rainbow. So if you're ever on like social media and you see, you see those big rainbows in the Bador Lakes, 90, 90 to 98% of them are farmed fish, but the rest of them are, you know, the, the brookies are native to it. So, so when you say farm fish, do, do you guys have to pay a permit, get a license to fish these areas if they're farmed? Who is putting in these spingling nope. spoilers? 
no, uh, these fish are, I think, are they they grow them and then they sell them to like the grocery stores, the the rainbows. Wow. Yeah, sometimes they escape like the the nets in a storm or something. They get damaged and they get out into our system. No one, no one's ever gone out there at late at night with a scuba gear on and just cut the net. <laughs> Let them go. <laughs> not, not that I know of, not okay. to my well, knowledge. That was a pretty cheeky laugh, but like <laughs> someone has attempted it, I would reckon. <laughs> but um, so, so tell me, you, you do charters, you guide people out there for fly fishing experience. Have you, like, what can we expect if we were to come up there, Justin, and come out with you for a day, a week? Uh, what can we learn? Uh, what's our journey going to be like? Uh, and more importantly, do you have beer on these journeys? Uh, well, my first question would be, if you guys would say contact me, would be, what's your experience like fly fishing? That's the golden. Because if your experience ain't that good, then I know we're going to have to go somewhere where I can kind of teach you casting and you can understand what's going on. And then I'll slowly, as the day progresses, then I would slowly take you around. But if you're someone's like, oh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a seasoned angler, well, then, you know, let's go. Here's what's going to go on. It's an eight-hour day. Our mornings would start at 6 a.m. They usually get over sometimes between 2 to 3, depending on how the fishing is. I provide a shore lunch. I do tell everyone to just to buy their fishing license just in case we have to go and fish in a river because the Bador Lakes, you don't need a fishing license for. Okay. You, but there's always a wind on the Bador Lake. So, like I said, it's back to that thing, like, if you're not a good caster or something, there's, there's no point in us going out for eight hours and, you know, you trying to fight the wind. So, I'll just say, let's. Let's go somewhere else. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's fishing, right? I mean, nothing's guaranteed anyway, but you want the day to be enjoyable, right? Oh, exactly. And that's good that you take someone out like me that I'm not a great fly fisherman at all, but you give them that day or half a day to actually get the casting correct, get a comfort for the gear you're using. I mean, that's what guiding's all about, is showing somebody the fundamentals. Oh, listen. Yeah, no, but and here's the thing, too. Like, if we spent half the day just casting you know like i'll i'll stay out free of charge later like uh, but if i know your chances are going to catch a fish once you get it down like yeah let's 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 try to catch you a fish right like yeah. i mean the fish like i said nothing's guaranteed but if it's there let's let's go for it right yeah nova scotia as i think herb mentioned off the top you've got some really big fish outside oh or, yeah you know why why did you go down the path is there any Contro between the outside fishermen and the fly fishermen, do you all get along, or is it just a, a different art? You, so you what, do you, what do you mean? Like the, I call it the spin fisherman versus the fly fisherman. Is that that's, what you mean? Yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Is there a competition? <laughs> is there a, a, a rigmarole around it? <laughs> I don't buy into that crap. I'll fish with anybody. I don't. I don't care. It's, listen, if I got to go out and fight with somebody because they're spin fishing, well, then you know what? Time to hang my hat up. Move on to something else. Yeah, that's true. And that's a good way you to know, look at it, I too. I wouldn't even fight it. Like, you, know what, you know what I mean? It's the same with, like, you know, I've seen old guys rotate the pools and they're doing it wrong. I'm not going, you know what I mean? I'll say, hey, you know, just, yeah. just for fraud. I don't care if you caught me off, whatever. I'm not going to fight with somebody <laughs> over salmon or being in line for a rotation. I'm good. I'm yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what everyone does it differently, and that's the thing about fishing. Uh, just because you do it different to somebody else doesn't mean it's the wrong way. As long as you're catching a feed no, or a fish. Listen, here's the thing. If you're catching a fish, does that mean what you're doing is wrong? Exactly right. It doesn't. Everybody does you know it different. I mean? And that's a good thing about fishing is we learn 
from other people like yourself, Justin, about different ways and aspects to catch a fish, which makes it a lot more exciting. So, yeah, exactly. And here's a story for you. So, you know, fly fishing, and I focus, you know, that delicate presentation. The only times I smacked a dry fly off the water over fish, and that same fish came and nailed it, right? Yep. I'm not saying it's wrong, but and it's you know it's not going to. It's definitely it should decrease your chances, but they still fight it. I mean, the science is there, and I'm glad we have all that. But sometimes the fish is hungry, and throw science out the window and hold on because they're taking whatever you got, regardless if you're bait fishing, spin fishing, whatever fishing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Is there any art to you know, like when you're catching salmon to trout? You know, like can you see the different? Um, Movements, they're different patterns. Is there an art to actually catching them? Yeah, seeing is definitely more technical. Um, and they're they're a beautiful fish. Like they're be- you have to be really delicate with them. Um, you know, you should be delicate with all fish, but like salmon are, they call the salmon the fish of a thousand casts because I know people that went two or three years but don't catch them one yet. Really? Wow. As where the guy behind them, as the, as where the guy behind them rotating to the pool, you know, caught three that day. This is the good thing about getting someone like you, Justin, as a guide. We can get to learn a new area, a new way of fishing. I just think it's brilliant. Now, are you, are you going by boat or is just fish fly fishing from the bank? Uh, we just mostly fly fish from. We, we have waders, you know. Waders, um, yeah. I usually don't. I don't. I usually don't supply the waders, but if you know, if I know someone's coming, I try to accommodate because you know what I mean. All different sizes, you'd be bankrupt trying to supply yeah, every weight. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, you'd have a house full of weight as well. Some people are just fit. cool. But you know what, though, I mean? Some people are just cool going in the water and put their shorts on. Whoa, it's Fishing cold. like that all day. Your water's yeah, It can be. In the summertime, though, it gets it gets pretty warm. Yeah, you know? okay. Does it, um, do it's you, manageable. Do they ever freeze over? Is it that cold? Uh, our our Bredore Lake still, yeah, we ice fish. We actually ice fish on that. Can you yeah, talk right. us through that? What, but, what? How do you ice fish? Uh, you just get an auger, you you drill a little hole, and then we have these things, or you can we have these little ice rods that we, we fish for smelt with, or you can get like a like a just a mini rod, and you can still trout fish through the ice all year for rainbow. Wow! So you just go out there, <laughs> dig a hole, and still drop your line through the hole and pull up trout. Yeah, and put the put the, the ice hut over you and pop a cold one and sit down with your buddy or listen to some music, listen to your radio. Really, <laughs> this is it. Now you're talking my language, Papa <laughs> Cole. So you do have beer over there, of course. Nova Scotia is not a dry oh. country. Oh, yeah, we, we we have it here, yeah. I've got to ask I, you. I just stay away from it, that's all. <laughs> oh, that's, I've got to ask you now, in Australia... Some well, I have a problem of getting drunk with anticipation. I've got a fishing trip coming up, and and the night before I go, I have a few too many beers, anticipating the trip. I call it drunk with anticipation. Too excited. Yeah, get a bit excited. Have you ever had anyone come there and come fishing with you that's maybe had a few too many froffies the night before? He's drunk with anticipation, and then you have to deal with that person all day. I don't care, man. That listen, it's, to me, I'm out on the water. It doesn't matter, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, if you get too drunk, I'll just. If you get too drunk, I'll just throw you over my shoulder and put you in the jeep and take you back to your hotel. It's <laughs> <laughs> because... the best day ever. This gets better. <laughs> Justin, because your background, her background is fishing. Mine is AFL. Yours is actually in powerlifting. You you powerlifted for Canada. Wow. 
Yes, yeah, I uh, was on the Team Canada powerlifting. Um, I actually placed number one for three years in Nova Scotia, and <laughs> I hold. I still believe I hold the records for Nova Scotia. I'm not sure. I completed it in South Africa for Worlds. I placed fifth there. I did a little bit of strong me and nothing too, too. I mean, I was 18 when I started competing in strong me, and like a lot of them guys were like 29, 30, you know. So I was just 18 year old punk kid, and you know, so yeah, I kind of yeah. drifted away from that, right? So when <laughs> but, he, uh, so you know, and, I was going to say. So when he says, if you've had too many, he'll lift you up, put you over his shoulder, and carry Take you home. back. He's not joking. No, he's not joking. It. He'll do it. <laughs> oh dear. Well, well, I know. I, yeah, I'll do that, sure. But I mean, I, I don't weight lift anymore. I I actually got injured pretty bad. Yep. So that shut my career. And if I didn't get injured, I'd probably be still weightlifting. And you know what? Um, I guess it's one of those things. I'm kind of glad because like I just felt when I got hurt, I had nothing to do with my time or. How do you walk away from something that you're so very good at, and it's you're done? What do you do? Yeah, yeah. You know, so it is a hard one. Day, you know, I, I want to do, I want to do some guy things, man things, get into fishing and stuff like that. So, like, picked up fly fishing. But first, I picked up fly tying, and everyone laughed at me because when I picked up this kit, like, I was still fairly big, right? From you know, yeah. working yeah. out, like, it took a while to lose that muscle. So, like, there I am, this jacked up guy trying to tie this number. 16 whatever and snap there goes the thread for the fifteen time. <laughs> uh, yeah. that's the image I got when I kind of you know you, you know, haven't spoken to you and we were destined to talk to you and I think here's this bodybuilder going out flicking a fly and I'm like hang yeah. on how this doesn't sit normal Look a bit odd. but it, that's funny but isn't it how all walks of life can enjoy the pastime of fishing and I don't care how big and tough you are, you're always going to drop to your knees when you drive a fly hook in the back of your ear. I don't care. I know a fella that happened to quite a few times. The perils of fishing. Yeah. Hey, wait, you, so you only got under fishing really after you got injured? Yeah, like I never had like any desire. So I was, I was 15 when I started weightlifting. I was only in grade 10. And I got injured when I was 27. Do you travel much these yeah, days and do any fishing? Have you traveled anywhere else outside of Nova Scotia? Yeah. Not yet. I'm working on it. I'm right now. We uh, just launched a TV show up here. I don't know if you guys know that or not. No, tell no. us about so it. We had yeah. a, I was in the right place at the right time when that happened. <laughs> I would decide to start a fly fishing show on the hottest the hottest summer on record for us. <laughs> I'm going to start a fly fishing show. So you can only imagine, right? Did it last year. You know, it was okay. This year, it's it's been incredible. Like I just, I love it. I can't wait to see the episodes come out that we already filmed because you know, and that's and that's one of the things. Like I try to, I sometimes get tongue tied when I'm talking because I try to throw so much information, to, especially the new people trying to get into the sport, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's sometimes I'll get tongue twisted, so you, you you can pick on me for that. It's okay. No, that's okay. <laughs> hey, what is it called? Because yeah, uh, how, well, can we, how can we get a look at this? Well, it's on my YouTube channel, and it's also on Seaside Communications channel. But if you visit my YouTube channel, it's just CB fly fishing. You might have to type in Justin after that, but you'll get my podcasts and time videos, and you'll see the show as well. Yeah, oh, that, awesome. that'll be interesting. I can't wait to have a look. But uh, yeah, you got to get out, mate. If you ever come to Australia, Justin, I mean, I won't be able to pick you up, put me on my on on my shoulder, and take you in if you've had a couple too many. But we do have a great array of fish here. Yeah, I was. No, listen, a, I'll be I'll be the designated driver for you. Okay, oh, you're coming. I'm getting you a one way ticket. You're coming straight to Australia. This will be the best day ever. 
Oh, Dan, if we lose a, yeah. a wheel on the boat trailer, you'll be able to just pick it up. We'll put a new one on. <laughs> <laughs> Remember this one time, it was a hot day anyway, and I was doing cardio. I said, I'm going to pull an 18-wheeler today. Everyone just kind of looked at me. I went and got the harness. I knew a guy who had an 18, like a truck. He worked for a company, and I was doing that in our, front, front, our foreign parking lot, and like, the people that are just stopping and staring, like, oh, my God, it's not human, right? Wow. Like, what are you doing? I'm just doing some cardio. <laughs> You're pulling an 18 wheeler. Just getting your fitness in for the day. That's brutal. Hey, uh, do, you, do you eat much of the fish you catch over there? And if you do, how do you uh, like it cooked? What is your favourite way to cook it? No, I just catch and release. Okay. Wow. Do you uh, eat fish you know, at all? No, not really. I don't mind it. Like, if I go out somewhere, I'll eat it. But I don't – I miss the heydays of – like fishing in general, not just fly fishing, just fishing in general because my weightlifting careers and that. So I always hear, heard the stories of the big fish being caught. And I'd go to the spots that you hear the old timers say, like there was massive fish there and they're just not there as much anymore. So I catch and release and hopefully I do my part in trying to repopulate it. Beautiful. Right. That's awesome. But I mean, if anyone's I'm fishing with anyone and they want to bring their, like, you know, if they want to catch their own catch, that's, I'm cool with that. I'll fry it up for you on the, on the shore for you or got it for you and you can take it back to your place and cook it and do what you want. All right. You're frying it up on the shore. How am I getting – I'm five beers deep. I've caught a nice trout. You're cooking me it up. How are you doing it? Or even on the shore, what is your method? What is your recipe? How are we going to enjoy this at lunchtime sitting on the bank? <laughs> Listen, there's no fancy recipes with me, man. Got it. Put some batter on it. Throw it in the pan. Make her crispy. There you go. <laughs> In the oil. That's I love all, it. That's all we need. That is brilliant. We love it. Hey, can we ask uh, just before? I, I, no, I am no Gord Ramsey by any means. Me, I'll, make, I'll make sure you're full. <laughs> before we let you go, uh, Justin, we really do appreciate your time. Have you ever been out there and something has gone a bit uh, pear-shaped? We try and teach people that, you know what, you know, if you're camping or you're fishing, you got to really, you know, prepare for the worst and hope for the best. Yes. Absolutely. Nothing's never guaranteed, not just with fishing and life in general. You just got to roll with the punches and smile and take it as a learning lesson and keep on going. What a oh, yeah. oh, that, one bad day. Runner, right? Couldn't have said it better myself. You always have them. Fishless days or something goes wrong. But like you say, keep a smile on your dial. Get back out there. Get up and cast another one out there in amongst them. That's all you can do. Listen, I cast the trees. I cast myself a few times. Like, it's it happens. It's fishing. It's you know. It's it's life. Nothing's ever guaranteed. So just have fun and learn from it. Do you have any? You, know, you learn something new the next river. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Do you have any scary animals there? Ah, uh, we have bears and coyotes and. You don't make one it time, sound like they're that scary, but. Nah, listen. They don't bother you. You don't bother them. But I mean. If you're going to play super games with them, you're going to win a super prize. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, dear. We love it. So you haven't had any close encounters then with a bear or anything that's really sort of left you a bit well, spoiled in the back yes end? yes no. I mean, when I first get into fly fishing, I was going down to a river. And the, the local there was bringing this dog up. And he's just, so I'm still trying to learn everything, right? For the most part, I tried to figure it out on my own and, some people taught me some of the information they gave me wasn't right and some of it wasn't, you know, wrong either. But anyway, a local says to me, just keep an eye out. So I, I seen some fresh tracks down there. I mean, there's always fresh tracks down there, right? 
But just this one day, did you ever watch The Simpsons? Do you guys ever familiar with The Simpsons? Yeah. Okay, so this one time, I was like Homer Simpson when I got down there. I came through the hedges. There was this bear on the other side of the river. So the local's on top of me, and he's looking down at Lookout, and he starts ringing these bear bells, they call them, like the noisemakers. Yep, yep. He was trying to scare the be- the bear away. So, like, I'm Homer Simpson, but he's just sliding back into the hedge, just trying to get up there. <laughs> yeah. was, oh, my God. I thought you were out of bed. I was ringing the bell. I said, yeah, you were letting them know supper's ready. Come get it. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only time. That was it, right? Yeah. Justin Lovell, you're uh, the CB fly fishing in Nova Scotia in Canada there. Check out uh, your podcast, also your website. That's where your brand new TV show is going to be on the internet as well. But uh, we really, really do appreciate your time. We love to chatting to people all around the world. And this is just another example of learning a different uh, different way to fish and a different life. And uh, I love it. You know, you've gone from weightlifting into fly fishing. What a remarkable effort. So thank you. Yeah, no, and that's, that's the thing everyone says. You're this big body. I'm no bodybuilder. Trust me, I, I, I like my fries and hot dogs too much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're a legend. Oh, well, thanks for the chat, Justin. You stay safe out on the water. All right, guys. Take Keep it easy. In touch. Don't, don't lose contact. Ah, that's it, mate. We'll be in touch for sure, especially when you come down to good old Aussie land. We'll get you onto a couple. Thank you very much for your time. Really appreciate it. That was fantastic. Take care. Bye-bye. Well, we've got a question here, Herb, and yeah. it's not only just for you. It's to Spider and Herb. Okay. So, from Daniel <laughs> and Teresa in WA... They say, when you go fishing, yeah. let's not worry about the fish. Let's worry about your camp setup. What kind of camp setup do you like going with? Well, I'm a very simple man, Spider. A swag, a fry pan, a little cooker with a butane burner, you know what I mean? Just a cooker, that'll get you out of trouble. An esky with your beer and food in it and all your fishing gear. Yeah. Very simple. I like to keep it simple. Because most of the time I'm going camping, I'm either driving the boat to the destination. Yep. So I want to keep it as light as possible. Obviously a bag of wood so you can burn up some stuff. And know? what's the most important thing with that? Keep it dry. Keep it dry. If it rains, you put, put, it put in that your swag. On, put it on the passenger seat. Yeah. Where, I don't care. Wherever. Just keep the wood dry, obviously. But uh, usually try to only go camping when you've got good conditions. Yeah, uh, but you never, you never predict them. Especially in summertime, like uh, where we live, October, November, December, storm season. Yeah, it can get pretty hectic pretty quick. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm a very simplest, so I'd only take a few bangers, a couple of onions already cut up, so a big container of onions already cut up, yep. a bag of bangers, a bag of bacon, maybe a dozen eggs. Um, that's pretty much it. I am. Um, cook it. I did uh, I did Bathurst once. Ooh, that's, and I that's camped rough. up. I camped up the top. Yeah. And for three days, all I put in, I had my swag. Yeah. And then uh, someone else said, so for me, I'm the same. I, I'd much prefer a swag than trying to put a tent up. Yeah. Swag, nice and easy, with no phone reception, would be even better. I have a, uh, a great cooker with. I got it from um, Oz Trail, and you you put a stake in the ground. And then it's got different layers of, um, you know, grilling. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so you can move them how far over the heat you want or you move them off the heat. So, you know, for fish and, you know, it's got the hot plate as well. So you can put everything on there. So I'm a massive fan of cast iron cooking. You know, if you're out there, you might as well, you know, you've got all day, cook something up, you know, just cut some bits and pieces. I love going to, you know, some of these shows where you've got – 
big ass man with the big beards and all that. And they're in a cooking comp. They're finally cutting everything to, you know, make sure they put it in the slow cooker for hours and hours and hours. Like for me, I love cast iron cooking. So mm. I always take a couple of uh, bits and pieces like that. But I remember when I went to Bathurst once, all I took was the esky was full of beer and I gaffered some uh, marinated steak to the uh, the roof of the esky. Yeah. And I took um, some um, kebab sticks. Yeah. And then a loaf of bread, and that was me. I just <laughs> took up no room in the esky. That's it. Absolutely. By day three, the bread was getting a bit crusty, so I just toasted it yep. and lightened it, and then just put the meat on the uh, the skewers, cooked a few pieces of meat up, put them amongst the bread, and that was it. Breakfast, Beautiful. lunch, and dinner for three days. Breakfast for champions. <laughs> and, that. and that's a lot of that time. Like you find after three days, you come home from camp, and you can be a little clogged up because all you've eaten is bread <laughs> and meat. <laughs> And a few onions and a lot of sauce, you know, yeah. like it may be a bit of bacon and egg, but um, yeah, keep it simple. I love catching a fish and cooking it the old school way, loading off some coals off your fire, put the fish straight on the coals, take yep. it off, lay it on some, you know, pull, cut a few bits of branches down with leaves on it, lay the fish on that, dust the sand off, peel the skin back and eat the fish a la natural. I don't think you can beat that. Well, they reckon um, the other way you could do it is wrap it in mud. Yeah, you can wrap them in mud and cook them in the in, you know underground or rocks or whatever. There's so many different ways in there to cook yeah. a fish. Like I love me fish wrapped in alfoil and that. But when you're out there and you and you're roughing it, you know as I call it, roughing it, uh, it's there's nothing like just doing it the simplest way you can. And you don't want to take so many herbs and spices and this and that. Just keep on with you. Keep it basic. Take your swag. You got whatever cooking device you want. Yeah, you got the open fire. Honestly, what else do you need? It's got an esky. Oh, outside of the esky. Yeah, yeah. beers and that. Yeah. I mean, obviously do it responsibly. But, um, yeah, I mean, I suppose you've got to think too, where you're going, is, is there toilets? Are you going to have to dig a hole and bury it, which is the right thing to do, yeah. at least a foot deep, you know, and, and no one wants to be stepping in your waist or uh, whatnot. So, you know, water. Um, a bin to bring stuff back with yeah, because yep. you don't want to leave your rubbish there for the next people to climb around all, no. your, all your crap. So, you know, there is a bit of thought that has to go into it. Oh, that's why I keep it as simple as possible so I don't have too much to bring back and put yep. everything back in its place and, t- and take it home. And it does make you miss home a bit like because you get home, you have a nice shower and all that. And that's one of the reasons I think I like get to go camping just to get out and rough it a bit. Yeah, test sim- the boundaries. Test the boundaries, that's yeah. right. Right, but, know. like, if you are, you know, I've looked at different options. I've done a lot of camping. You know, a yep. lot of camping. I've filmed a lot of camping. And, you know, there are some great products out there. And, yep. you know, for me, you know, if you're taking the kids, I still reckon a stretcher bed's really, really good for them rather than just straight on the ground because yep. your mattresses these days, yeah, they, they normally stay up. But if you've got a stretcher bed, you can put all the all their gear underneath it so you can actually store stuff away. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of options out there. Definitely. And I think the other most important thing, we've probably forgotten about it, is getting a right seat. Sounds stupid, wow. but you've got to get a proper seat. You know, you need a seat that is going to be comfy. You'll spend yep. a fair bit of time in it. Yeah. And depending, because you, you, you probably take a guitar a lot of the times as well. Yeah, I generally take a guitar just for a bit of music or backup. But, yeah, I mean, a seat is a good thing. I'm still a bit primitive in that area where I'll just sit on the bottom of a bucket. Uh, and make do for yep. the night, you know what I mean? Uh, probably not so much nowadays, but, uh, but yeah, I'd just sit on a bucket or whatever. But, I, I mean, yeah, as we get older, a good chair, definitely a must. Uh, 
I've loved to take a guitar because there's nothing like having a few beers around the campfire and playing everyone a couple of tunes. Yeah. Whether you make them tunes up to make it a bit funnier or you're just playing other people's music or your own. I mean, there's nothing nothing beats that. So, yeah, it is a toss-up of what to take and what not to take and a lot of people can get very mistrewed when packing the car or the boat to go away as to how much they really need. Yeah, I, I still remember our first ever trip, our first trip we were going to go up from Melbourne up to Darwin yep. and then across to Perth. Three months, had the kids in, and I still remember I've got a photo of it would have been 13 boxes of crap. Yeah. And honestly, we would have needed one and a half boxes. <laughs> it was, it's just because you wear the same clothes. You, and when they get dirty, you wash them, wear them third day in. So, you know, like you don't have to have a whole heap of different gear. You just, you just need the basics. Yeah, that's right. And I mean, like you say, if you're doing a year around Australia, yeah, that can be a little bit different. But still, how many? You need one pair of thongs, you yeah. need one pair of shoes. Um, you know, as you only for, need one or two knives, you only need one pair of tongs. You don't need ex- 20 or 30. No. The, this is the other thing. If there's only two of you, why do you six, need six knives and six forks? That's right. There's only two of you. That's right. Eh, I'd probably lose mine, but. Yeah, yeah but no, like that. <laughs> <laughs> maybe take one extra each. But but there you go. There's a good point to keep it light because the more you load your car up or your boat, the more fuel you're chewing, the slower you're gonna go. Uh, I mean, there's so much involved to it. And clothes, like at max, you need what seven shirts, seven shorts, what? seven jocks. No, three, three. That's yeah, it. You can rotate in three. Well, you can always wash in a bucket, can't Absol- you? Absolutely. Get a stick, smash your clothes around a bit, hang them up when the weather's go good. Go for a swim. In yeah, them. yeah, go for a swim in them. That's Especially if point. you're in fresh water. Yeah, not probably up the northern end of Australia. No, so. no. <laughs> yeah, good info. We give some good advice here today. <laughs> Just jump in the water. Hopefully that helped you. <laughs> Stay safe on the water. Over. <laughs> <laughs>